Thursday, August 13th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me from the Great White North, it's Jim Gillies. Good to see you, my friend. Good to be seen, Chris. Not a very, it's the great humid north today. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, it'll be the great white north in a month or so, probably again. Uh, we've got <laughs> entertainment industry news, we've got retail earnings, but we're going to start today with ride sharing. Second quarter revenue for Lyft fell 61%, and somehow that was still better than expected. Lyft says that ridership is on the upswing, but Shares are down about 5% today. They're down 35% for the year. I'm sure there are some people who look at the drop and they're thinking maybe this is a time to get in. Are you one of those people? Absolutely not. And I I fear, you know, I fear I'm going to be a very negative Nelly on this show today and I'm going to apologize in advance. But but, you know, I I I, I have been down on these types of companies for a while, Lyft, Uber, um, because look, let's just deal with the earnings first. Uh, as you said, earnings better than expected. And I mean, I have probably seen for companies reporting in the wackiest quarter we've ever seen, you know, uh, the economy, uh, the market down 35%, GDP down, I think uh, at its peak was over 30% as well. Um, uh, there's a there's a nascent V-shaped recovery sort of kind of coming back, but there's still you know uh, a lot of unemployment. There's still a lot of concern, what have you. Uh, today it was announced in in my province here in Ontario. They've officially called this a recession. To which I said, really, gee, thanks for catching up with what we knew in February, um, or maybe March. But but the but yet 95 percent ballpark as I spitball the number here. 95 percent of earnings reports I've seen out there have been both beat expectations so how bad were expectations and the companies to a to a person the companies have said well we are proud of our response and our recovery and look how robust our business are and i'm like you know i i i think this was it, it's okay to call something bad guys like it was a bad environment for you and for lyft it was not only a bad environment i think it's going to get worse we can talk about that in a minute but the you know, the, the problem for Lyft, the problem for ride sharing, the problem for Lyft, for Uber, there's a tiny Canadian company as well in the same space. The problem is in a pandemic world, why do I want to get in your car? How clean is your car? That's, that, that's, the, that's the prevailing thinking. And, but the bigger problem is these businesses are almost established and engineered to lose money and they're not going to make it up on volume. <laughs> and so, I don't know how many how much cash are these companies going to be allowed to burn over the years before a new model um, comes along, and and I don't know. I, I, you raise a great point about the cash burn because go back one year, two years, the story for both Lyft and Uber. Uh, or I should say, part of the story for both of these companies was, hey, look, they're going to be burning cash for a couple of years, but you know, at the end of the rainbow, there's going to be a pot of gold. And anyone who thought that and bought shares and thought, you know what, I'm going to be patient. I'm not expecting this to turn around. I'm in this for the long haul. The haul just got a lot longer, didn't it? Yes, and also I don't believe that there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, frankly, because they, again, as I mentioned, they, there's no there's no scalability for these businesses. There's no, um, you're not going to make it up on volume. 
Um, you've now got Uber going off in strange directions, buying uh, delivery companies. Uh, so that's more cash out the door. The delivery company at least makes a little bit of cash, and those have have been um, somewhat successful. But folded into the greater Uber empire, it it it's just going to be more cash burn. And look, let's say I'm wrong because I'm wrong all the time. But let's say I'm wrong. And there is a point at which these companies turn to not just temporary one or two quarters of cash production, but turn to the ability to self-finance, okay? There'll be plenty of time to buy the stock then, when it's actually proven itself out. And there are so many other possibilities that you can purchase as an investor that are currently self-financing, self-sustaining. My fear, we saw this, we've seen this at various macro themes uh, in the past, uh, 2008, 2009 would be the obvious one. We've seen it in industries in the past, the oil and gas industry in 2015 would be an obvious one, where when companies cannot exist without the continued and ongoing financing of external, you know, so being able to issue new shares, new debt, and they can't self-finance those th themselves, there's one end, and that end is the stocks get destroyed. And so Lyft and Uber today, uh, Chris, you said Lyft is down 35% in the last year, I believe? A uh, year to date. Year to date, 35% year to date. Uh, maybe I'm being optimistic. Um, I imagine Uber's probably the same. I haven't looked at their chart and don't have their chart pulled up beside me here. Um, but I don't think it matters because I, I'm willing to bet that a year, two, three years from now, the stocks will still be down even further. And so I'm there's pessimism round one, I suppose, but I, I, I don't understand why we why anyone is interested in these spaces. Well, let's move on to pessimism round two. Uh, tapestry <laughs> <Pessimism> round two. <laughs> Tapestry's fourth quarter. Also, not as horrible as Wall Street was expecting. Um, this is the parent Amazing. company of Coach and Kate Spade and Stuart Weitzman. They were helped, and we've seen this from a lot of retailers there were, and restaurant companies. They were helped by strong online sales. Uh, the stock was up pre-market. Now it's down two to three uh, percent. I don't know. You know, Tapestry has an interim CEO, and it really seems like for the brand equity that they have. And I believe they do have brand equity uh, sure. um, with their properties. It just seems like there are too many question marks facing the business right now. Yes, and I, I, I hinted in our uh, our pre-show discussion where we were going back and forth, fools. Um, I hinted that I kind of look at Tapestry, aka which is the name now of the previous coach, but then they bought Stuart Wiseman and they bought Kate Spade. Uh, so they've kind of had this tapestry of brands, of luxury brands. Uh, I hinted that I kind of have a longer-term look on this company, and that longer-term look is, again, spoiler, one of pessimism. Um, because this was a company previously, and I, 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 I have a, a relationship with this company and a recommendation I'd made in a, in a foolish service early part of last decade. Um, where, you know, the, the, the company coach at the time was just shy of $50, I think. And, and the, the company was off about 40% from its high, and yet it, it, it was debt-free. It was run by long-term, good, foolish-style management with a significant stake in the game. And then the wheels came off. And so it's eight years later ballpark, and the stock is around $15. So we've lost 70% ballpark. 
Oh yeah, uh, I mean this this used to be 2012. This was in terms of market cap, north of a 20 billion dollar company, and today yeah. it's just north of four billion. Yeah, it, it, it's flirting with small cap status, and it, but the problem is it's coming from the wrong direction of small cap status. If you think small cap is three billion and under, um, what happened? Well, what happened is the good long-term foolish style management that we know and love in so many companies retired, left, took the fruits of their you know twenty-year career, and 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 went home. And and you can do that. Um, it was made fairly clear that the bench strength that we perhaps thought was there was was not there um there have been a, a number of ceos since including as you say the the gentleman who um exited about a month ago due to some i don't even know what the story is i it's insinuations of impropriety from before he worked for tapestry so uh, we'll leave that alone um but you know what happened they they uh, they both, they, there's the, there's the old cliche about always be scared when a company that you know and love starts building a giant new H, uh, headquarters building. Well, that, they did that, I think about 2015, 2016, I think they, it was like a billion dollar uh, headquarters, which they leased some of it out, but still they started building a monument to themselves. Um, they've made these acquisitions, Stuart Wiseman and, and, and Kate Spade that have not worked out and that have cost the money they've levered up to do so. So now they've got about two and a half billion in debt ballpark. I'm not counting leases. Um, uh, and, and they've got about a billion and a half cash on the balance sheet. But a lot of that is because they pulled down the credit lines to get through this, this period. Um, but they have a lot of expensive store leases. People aren't going to stores. People are, you know, there, there's certain protocols you have to go through to get into stores now, no more than five people, et cetera. Um, but this has been a case of a company that has been, you know, has, has, has destroyed shareholder value over going on a decade now. And, you know, it's sad to see because it was, you know, under the, the former CEO, uh, I'm trying to remember his name is Lou, uh, Lou Frankfurt, uh, under the former CEO, this was, uh, this was a multi-bagger, uh, recommendation for, for foolish services like stock advisor, where I think Tom Gardner wrecked it two or three times. Um, and it's just been sad to, to see what's, what's happened. Well, and I realize I didn't talk about the, the, the earnings there, right? But well, no, no. I mean, I, I'm I'm actually thinking back to something you said about Lyft because, uh, again, I, 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 if if you forced me somehow to buy one of these two stocks, I would actually buy Tapestry just because I I do think there is the brand equity there. But to the point you yep. made about Lyft, I look at Tapestry and think, boy, they can turn this around. There, like we've seen turnaround stories in this industry before. It's not inconceivable that they turn it around. It's going to take a while if they actually can pull it off. And to your point, there's going to be plenty of time to buy this stock. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's yeah. I mean, in, in the false dichotomy you've thrown out there, right. you know, you mu you must buy one of these two stocks. Yes, I'm buying Tapestry. Um, but is there a door number three? You know, like, like Tapestry is not going away. There's absolutely brand equity there. I have a number of friends who um, have spent far more money than I will ever, <laughs> I will ever spend on one single gift. Uh, I have a friend who likes her bags. We'll put it that way, and she's got a number of them, and uh, and, and God bless her. Um, but the you know the, the the problems here have been a long time coming, and and COVID just accelerated it. And I am 
what this looks like in the in in a post-COVID retail world, I'm not sure. Quick programming note before our final story. Uh, this weekend on Motley Fool Money, our guest from Down Under, Uncle Joe Mager, returning. So um, I had a really good conversation with Joe. And uh, um, he weighed in on a number of topics, including his current thinking on Berkshire Hathaway, which I'll just, I'll just tease out. It has changed. <laughs> Longtime fan of Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, Joe's thinking has changed a little bit, but uh, that'll be on Motley Fool Money this weekend. Shares of AMC Entertainment are up more than 13% after the company announced a special promotion. This is the largest movie theater chain in the world. Next Thursday, August 20th, AMC is going to be reopening some theaters in the U.S., about 15% or so of their theaters. And tickets are going to be just 15 cents. They're calling it Movies in 2020 at 1920 Prices. This caught my attention. This, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna see if the AMC theater closest to me is partaking in this because, again, uh, it's only a minority of theaters that are doing this. But, uh, uh, and I will just add parenthetically, uh, I got an email from them this morning about this promotion. But the bulk of the email, and I think this is a smart move on this their part, uh, was about all of the safety measures they are are taking. Um, everything you would want to see if you are a fan of movies, if you like going to the theater from time to time. I think they did a really great job of messaging the way they are trying to get people back in the theater. And you know what? 15 cents? This could work. They need, they need to do something, right? I mean, this is a, this is a company Absolutely. Uh, that, 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 that This is a company that's desperate. Uh, let's just say COVID has not helped them. And uh, it's also a company with a massive amount of debt on their balance sheet because they assumed that they could continue building their empire over time. So they've got like $5 billion in debt, not including leases, again, uh, eliminating those. Are they paying rent on those leases? That's another story. Um, But, you know, they've got this debt that they need to handle. There's no new movies coming out. So, you know, for 15 cents, like, I, I'm not sure which movie will be available in your area, Chris. There's no AMC near me. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to guess maybe you'll have your choice of Back to the Future or Raiders of the Lost Ark. Or uh, I took my family. We went and saw The Dark Knight recently. It's our first time in a movie in almost six months. Went and saw The Dark Knight for $5 on a local IMAX theater. It was great. There was, but the problem was, even though, as you say... They, they had all these you know, measures. Here's what we're going to do to keep you safe. Uh, we're sanitizing everything uh, between every showing. Uh, only certain seats are open. There were eight people in my IMAX theater. Now, IMAX theaters aren't small. <laughs> there were eight people in my theater, and I have a family of four. <laughs> so, you know, wow. I mean, there was, there was nobody there, right? So, but that building's expensive, but they... they you know, and, and it was $5 a ticket, and that was fine, no 15 cents. But, um, you know, the, the you have to convince the viewing public that was already bleeding away because they have numerous streaming services at home, and they have their 60, 70, 80-inch televisions at home where they don't have to pay for a $7 Diet Coke. Um, you have to convince those people to come back to the theater, and you were already losing that battle beforehand. AMC is by far not the only theater chain that is struggling with that industry dynamic. Then COVID hits, 
guts their business model. If you like movies, and I know you do, but if you like movies, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna go to one of these, right? And, uh, I get to go see Back to the Future on the big screen for fifteen cents. Sure, that's that's a great that's a great night out for me and the family. But are you gonna go back in September for? Um, Christopher Nolan's Tenant. Are you going to go back whenever Disney does release Black Widow or uh, Mulan? Um, well, Mulan, they've that, they've already said they're they're moving that to Disney Plus. That's I and as a Disney shareholder, I find that to be a very interesting test. I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes because they're yeah, releasing I'm less it excited for, for thirty dollars. Yeah. yeah, I'm less. I'm less, and, and you have to be a Disney Plus subscriber to get that thirty dollar. And and I'm right. I'm less enthused than than um, others are, uh, just because uh, you know. Well, it's it's a streaming service. Like, if if it's going to be thirty dollars in September with a, a with a big event, why why am I not waiting until say March when it's part of just the free the free content that I get with my seven dollar a month subscription, right? Like they're like I like I and I really like the look of the new live action Mulan and I. I mean, I have a young daughter, so I think it's good for her to see uh, female role models and, you know, kind of kicking butt and taking names on the screen, as Mulan does. Um, but I'm not sure we're going to pay $30 incremental to, to sit around for two hours and watch it. So, yeah, but I, I, I it, it's going to be tough for AMC. I, I, this is the downer show, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> part of me, part of me hopes, because, uh, you know, I haven't checked. I don't know what movies are going to be available. Part of me hopes... And again, I know that their their whole theme is like movies in 2020 at 1920 prices. I'm kind of hoping they've got one movie from the 1920s in there. It's just like, ah, yeah, we've got Back to the Future, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and uh, Nosferatu. And, we, and we've Metropolis. got we've got the kid with Charlie Chaplin. You can see that. It's like actually, I would go see that on the big yeah. screen. Yes, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Jim Gillies, always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.